What's up, everything? The dollar value of RFA contracts is through the roof as Mitch Marner has signed an astounding new deal. What does this mean for the league, and why should you hate Toronto? We'll answer those pressing questions ahead. Then we'll dive into our Central Division preview. It's the best division, but it's also the most crowded. Who's going to win? Who's going to lose? It's anyone's guess, but the Blues are Stanley Cup champions, so they get their own episode. With that said, let's get started, and let's go Blues. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome to the Two Guys One Cup podcast. Mm, one Still cup. fresh, just like some kind of gum that lasts forever. Extra? I feel mm. like extra. Yeah, it's got is it. it. Is, right that, is that the double? Or what about double mint? Double mint, I think, is just terrible. <laughs> <laughs> but I was going to try and allude to two cups. Oh. You uh, killed it. Just like That's double mint <laughs> kills the flavor in your mouth. Double mint. Don't buy it. <laughs> Oh, excellent. We're off to a roaring start. We've already lost one of our endorsements. <laughs> we are we are actually, I'm coming to you from tonight from Zurich in Switzerland, where Mitch Marner isn't. And Ian, where are you hailing from? I'm here in Bern with my friends uh, Miko Rontanen and Patrick Laine. Ooh. And they will not be coming back to this. <laughs> They will not be coming back to North America. That HC burn is going to be tight this mm-hmm. year. Uh, yeah, the bubble for restricted free agents has started to burst, mm-hmm. but it's not. I'm totally bursted. Some and of those I got to tell you. holdouts. I got to tell you, I'd be real scared if my guy left like after training camp started. Mm-hmm. That'd be real frightening. Uh-oh. Oh, oh boy. Oh, he's oh, on the ship. Oh, boy. I don't think they get I don't think they get cell service on the ship. No, no they're gone. They're I assume gone they're taking good. a big wooden ship. That's right. <laughs> Does that not what people take? A big wooden ship named Diversity. <laughs> uh, why don't we go ahead and jump right into the Mitch Marner contract, the news of the nation, oh, the talk of yes. the town, the headline of the hellscape. <laughs> I could have gone Hockey World, but Hellscape came up first. <laughs> it's the same place. Uh, that's <laughs> true. Mitch Marner, who uh, as recently as a week ago it looked like was hurtling towards a months-long contract holdout, uh, signed with the Toronto Maple Leafs for six years at a grand total of $10.893 million per season. So opposite of a grand total, I said grand total, (laughs) I meant the opposite of that thing. Uh, Mitch Marner will make, what is that, over just about $66 million over the course of this term. Is he number 93, by the way? He's not. He is not. not. I keep asking that. That supposedly was his junior number. Oh, gross. So gross. Because is he a 93? No, not at all. He's He's way younger younger than that. (laughs) But anyway. Whatever, buddy. Uh, So... Um, thoughts, thoughts on this contract, six years, $10.893 million AAV for a player who had, was it 94 points last season? See, that would have been the Mm -hmm. real dagger. Make it into 94, like the number of points I scored you last season. Uh, but has never 
or but had only had sixty one and sixty nine the two seasons nice. before that. Very nice. So good. That's why you're paying him this money. Sixty nine uh, points, baby. I, if I were a Toronto Maple Leaf, I would be fine or a Toronto Maple Leaf fan. I'd be fine with this contract because you have to pay your stars money. And I think it's kind of silly that a lot of their fans like, this is a vast overpayment, but I'm okay with it, I suppose. And it's like, this is exactly what he's worth. <laughs> and I'm sorry that you don't see that. Um, the guy's going to be... What I don't understand is they go, oh, John Tavares is what boosted up his numbers, you know? And he will be playing with John Tavares for yep. the entirety of this contract. Yep. So that's what he deserves. Yep. You can't... You can point to things that will be like, oh, well, John Tavares, all these primary assists, or, or Mitch Marner has all the primary assists on John Tavares' goals, but you can't tell me that one is happening without the other. Mm-hmm. And so he deserves that money. He's that he's super close as Tavares, like, was seven years at $11 million per. Yeah. Yeah. Just a skosh under that sounds good to me for one less year. For their GM, though... This is big a, swing and a miss. This is a real, this is a real poopy deal as a two-year-old would say. We this can, is poopy. We can and we will overpay all four of these free agents. Um, what percentage of the cap again is it that Tavares, that all Marner, four of them take? Nylander and well, Matthews. I've got yeah. it in front of me. Let me do a, a quick calculation because I think it's a lot. Oh, God, it's I'm bad at typing gotta numbers. got to be... What, so, uh, let's do it rough. It's 32, 38, mm-hmm. 30, probably just over 40, 41 million out of, uh, what's the cap, 82 mm-hmm. this year? Because they have... So it's half. It's 50%, yeah, I was like, that's what Almost I exactly 50% of the cap. They also have three of the... Uh, Ten highest paid players on uh, in the NHL on their payroll, which is notable only because they certainly do not have three of the NHL's ten best players on their payroll. Mm. That they do not have. So, uh, do they have one? Yeah, Austin Matthews. Austin Matthews probably top ten. Probably in that eight to fifteen range, somewhere Mm. in there. But, um. Yeah, I don't want to linger on this crazy long. What I what I wonder is I know is people this. get bothered by Toronto stuff, but go ahead. You've got those four guys tied up to mm-hmm. 50% of their cap. For a long time, I think they talked on the Dangle podcast today about how every one of their forwards, that's a key piece of that forward core, is signed for at least two years. So that's great. What do you do when this doesn't work? What do you do when your defense lets you down? I see a lot of people going, oh... Tyson Berry is, you know, very good. Um, who's their other old guy they got from the Kings? Jake Muzzin, he's fine. Uh, we have Cody Cece, he's a player. We've got um, Riley. We've got Morgan Riley, fantastic, on a great deal. Those other three, though, Cece, Muzzin, and Barry are all up at the end of this year. And that is their that is their defensive solution. All I hear about the defense in Toronto is, oh, but those guys will be up. And I guess their their argument is that there's flexibility there. They can go out and get a defenseman. They can re-sign these people if they want. But to me, that's not a solution. Jake Muslin's going to make 
he's 30, he'll be 31, so mm-hmm. 6 million at least, I would think, mm-hmm. on his next deal. Tyson Berry's, Berry's over make, 7. I would say over eight, 8, probably, yeah. because of the hype around him. Cody sees he's, he's a black gone. hole. He's gone. He's just That's gone. Okay. That's fine. But that, here's the thing to me. You say that they all... Have the they have all of these guys signed mm-hmm. for at least two years, all of their forward core, and that's good because congratulations, that's your window. Mm-hmm. I on it like I don't know how they survive after Frederick Anderson needs a new contract mm-hmm. in two years. Morgan Riley needs one in three years, and those guys, you know, you can you can replace a CC, you can even replace yeah. a Muzzin or a Barry, not well. But those guys are $10, 11000000 players at the end of these contracts. I mean, Frederick Anderson is a top-five goalie in the NHL. Morgan Riley will be 28 when he signs his next deal and is one of the elite point-producing mm-hmm. defensemen in the entire league right now. Will probably may have won a Norris Trophy by then. Those guys... They will not be able to afford to re-sign, or if they do, they will have to have traded a Nylander mm. or a Marner or somebody to make it happen. And to your point, if this is their window and they do really well, let's say, you know, really good uh, production from their entire forward mm-hmm. core, you're going to have guys like Kapanen and guys like Janssen that have really good numbers, mm-hmm. and at the end of their contracts, they will you will not be able to retain them. Yes. And they're gone. Yeah. And so I think the key for the Maple Leafs, if they want to win and extend this window, and, you know, I'm, I'm, honestly, there's a little jealousy because that's a fantastic top four they got there mm-hmm. on forwards. Of course. But what they're going to need to do is draft extremely well. Yeah. Because it's going to have to be guys on entry-level contracts I'm, making a huge impact on your as team. As much as they like Lilia Grin and Sandin, I'm not sure they're doing that's exactly. the other thing. They talk about this de- these guys coming Lilia up on Grin- defense like, oh, that's a, it's a surefire Lilia thing. Lilligren's been the next big superstar for like seven years now. He's like, and I don't I don't mean to say this to bash Clem Costin, but he's like their Clem Costin to me. He's mm. like the guy everybody is just like, oh my God, he's going to change the world when he comes up. And it's like, when is that exactly? Because mm. it hasn't been yet. And that, again, I think Clem Costin will be a great NHL player. I think, Timothy Logan will be a great NHL player, but you can't treat guys who aren't polished as like an NHL savior. Mm-hmm. Their defense is, you mentioned Riley CC, who should not be in a, a competitive decor mm-hmm. and is a top four for them. Because Probably. behind Muzzin and Barry, they have Ben Harper, Justin Hall, Martin Marincin, and Jordan Schmoltz. That's not, you can't win a Stanley Cup with the, that defensive core. They're you Travis Dermott. I think he's gone. Or, oh, okay. oh, no, he's hurt. This he's year. hurt. Okay. He's hurt and will be back at some point. That was like the one guy I could think of. I was like, he's all right coming yeah. up. But everyone else is just a big question mark or just kind of like they've had. That's their wheel of bodies, their defensive yeah. wheel of bodies that just has not been working. One. And I don't believe that you can win cups without any defense. And I don't think they're. F- I don't think what they have there, even the top four, is good enough to like cobble together. Mm. We got to remember this is a team that hasn't escaped the first <laughs> round yet, and I realize the Blues went from last to first, and anything's possible. Mm. But the Blues have played a lot of playoff games recently and gotten very far in some of those runs. Yeah, well, as I say, in the same vein, you look at the Blues last year, and no one was like, "Well, this team's for sure winning." Yeah. 
Absolutely. So I can't. So until they do it, I just can't say that it's going to happen. So yeah, we'll talk about them more, I'm sure, throughout the season. That was our, our Leafs roasting hour. Exactly. <laughs> Let's move on to some of these other RFA contracts before diving into our the meat of this broadcast, which will be the center Central Division preview minus the Blues mm. because they get their own special time because they're such special special boys. <laughs> um, well, you know how you love to dive into meat. <laughs> Don't you all do that from time to time? Uh, speaking of the Blues and their Stanley Cup championship, Charlie McAvoy, who left the ice a loser, like <laughs> all the Boston Bruins, signed, I would say, a loser contract a little bit at three years, $4.9 million. The idea that Charlie McAvoy made less over even the next three years than uh, Zach Wawrinski is baffling to me. But McAvoy really didn't have any negotiating rights. He was one of those, like, whatever they're called, like, tier two RFAs where they don't have... Oh, not, can he not go to... Yeah, he doesn't have arbitration Oh, rights, yeah, I guess so. that would have happened already. Yeah, so... Whoops. Um, you know, he's... He's going to get paid in the future. He's getting paid most of $15 million now. It's not like he's suffering, although he's in Boston, so I don't know if it's worth it. But um, it just strikes me as a very team-friendly contract, three for less than five. I have to wonder, too, if it for sure is that they're paying him a little less knowing that I think it's at the end of this year, the end of the season, that uh, Tory Krug's up. Is a mm-hmm. UFA, and I'm sure they're going to have to keep. They're going to want to keep him. I'm sure they're going to try to sign him and extend him this year. And I got to think that maybe they're like Charlie. You know, that's one of those sort of best for the team things. Maybe they don't tell him that, but they're oh, you really mean, the the Toronto you Maple mean the kind thing. of thing yeah. Mitch Marner should have done. I know. If he really cared about this team. Um, yeah, I just uh, I don't love that for McAvoy, but. Mm, his, Who's to say? Maybe it works out in the long run. His course C4 last year was uh, 53.9%, 55.6% the year before. Um, just a really, really good... I To me, he's like, no offense to Vince Dunn, he's a very high-end Vince Dunn. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's great to have. And That's at fun. that price... I love it, Vince Dunn. Nice. And Ivan Provorov is an even higher, higher-end <laughs> Vince Dunn, and he signed a six-year, $6.75 million contract. That ended up being much less bad than it could have been mm-hmm. for the Flyers, I think. Uh, and that complements the six-year, $5.5 million deal for Travis Konechny. I would say good job to Chuck Fletcher on both mm-hmm. of those, who has not historically been known for his good jobs with contracts. I was going to so. say, this was probably, these two contracts were the Flyers' biggest win. Yeah, this in a long season. time, for sure, <laughs> yeah. for sure. Um I think the the Bruins also signed Brandon Carlo for like a two year deal at like under three million. Yeah, it's like two eight seven yeah. five or something. Um, and then the the big more recent news: Brock Besser has returned to the United States from North Dakota, where oh. he was hanging out. Gotcha. I forgot where it was before I started speaking. And let's all just pretend that North Dakota isn't in the United States. It might as well not be. <laughs> the rest of us. Uh, do. <laughs> that's right. Um, but he signed a three year five point eight. $75 million contract with the Canucks, which is also one of those good-of-the-team sort of contracts, mm-hmm. I think. And my favorite take on this one was, I believe, Pete Blackburn on Twitter, who said, I'm thankful for the Pete, uh, for the Brock Besser contract, if for no other reason than that it gives Jim Benning more money to sign meaningless fourth-liners <laughs> next offseason. <laughs> so, um, the uh, the 
Canucks are currently over the salary cap and owe Roberto Luongo $3 million for each of the next three seasons oh, against geez. the cap. Uh, brutal. But, um, yeah, this is still a good deal for them, and they'll trade somebody or figure it out. Maybe somebody will take Jay Beagle at $3 million for three more years. <laughs> what about Antoine Roussel? Ooh, same contract. Any takers? Mm. <laughs> it was either going to be Beagle <laughs> or Roussel. <laughs> and, and the other people picked the better one, surprisingly. <laughs> Shocker. Good job, Robert. Um, <laughs> let's talk about the, uh, the blues news that... Just has absolutely everyone buzzing with oh, pride yes. and joy. Uh, we went to the Centene Ice Corporation. <laughs> thank you for including that. Uh, <laughs> to see their second practice, I think, because yeah, they debuted on so. Friday in like kind of a closed-door thing. Uh, and the debut of the commemorative jerseys, which were exactly what we thought they were. Mm-hmm. The 1996-era, Wayne Gretzky-era mm-hmm. red striped jerseys. Pretty much just a note-for-note mm-hmm. remake with a little With the little minor, Adidas yeah. touches. Yeah. Um, some fans love these jerseys. Mm-hmm. Some fans hate these jerseys. <laughs> and we- people are pissed at each other. <laughs> We did a poll uh, just to just to read the room. Mm, I love petty Twitter. And uh, 194 votes, 53% loved, uh, 19% hate, 28% indifference. Ian, where do you fall? I, I would say indifference, but really I feel like I'm both love and hate mm-hmm. at the exact same time. Mm-hmm. But I really do love these jerseys because of how ugly they are and don't. Don't misconstrue this as some people are like, oh, it looks so bad, it's good. But really, inside their head, they're it like, so it bad, does. Act- they're like, or they're saying, oh, it actually does look good. Yeah. But I'm going to try and you know side with these people. Get both sides of the fence here. No, these are bad looking to yes. me. They uh-huh. are not good. No, they're not but pleasant to look I at. I revel in the fact that they will have to wear these. Mm-hmm. Um, the Stanley Cup champions will wear these mm-hmm. awful turds on yeah. the ice. I, I don't and like I'll to... probably buy oh, one. Oh no, that's the thing. They're <laughs> awful. I will buy one. It's it's the exact I feel like I'm in both camps at the same time because I do like bold because we've kind of gotten really streamlined with all these jerseys in the last like ten years and this is I think bold's coming back, the nineties resurgence is coming back, but uh I also think there's a reason that they went away because they're awful. <laughs> and um, the only thing I can say to help defend people that like this jersey is a lot of a lot of old farts out there saying, you know, this is the Gretzky had it lost jersey. This is the Mike Keenan jersey. It's so bad. And I go, you know, prior to these jerseys, there wasn't really any fun blues history going on either. Yeah. The fun jerseys you like, the blues still didn't win the cup. They still got yep. bounced in the first round. There's still heartbreak after heartbreak in those jerseys. So... I don't know what the, the... I don't care. We won the cup. Who cares? If anything, this is the exact time to bring them back. I think I'd be a little more on the side of not liking them even more if we brought them back, like, after not making the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, baby. And I'm like, no. God, no. Stop yeah. it. But now we won, so you got a blank check. I think literally probably the reason they finally caved and did this this year was, like, there was no real room for them to be like, oh, you're just going to, for anybody to Mm. be like, oh, you're just going to poke fun at the had it lost at era sort Mm -hmm. of thing. I just, I don't, I don't 
have a strong opinion on this. Get a strong opinion. My strong opinion is this, and I don't want to tell... <laughs> I do like that. Play it back. I don't, I don't have a strong opinion on this. Get a strong opinion. My strong opinion is this. My strong opinion is this. If you hate these jerseys, and I don't want to tell anyone how to feel, but if these jerseys make you angry, if you're one of those people on Blue's Twitter, don't be. That would be my invitation to you. <laughs> and I don't mean to be cheesy, and I don't mean to be preachy, and I don't mean to be anything, but let a little love into your heart. <laughs> because this is a jersey that the Blues will wear three times this season. I'll be present for all three. That they will say, congratulations. I know. Is that 30% of your ticket package? Is it yeah, only 10 or, games? No, it's, uh, it's 25%. Uh, 25%. It's a 12-gamer. This... This team is going to wear these jerseys three times. Mm -hmm. They are going to make a disproportionate amount of money mm -hmm. by wearing these jerseys. And when Tom Stillman thinks about spending to the cap again, as he always does of late, that will comfort him in that decision. Moreover, this team just won the frigging cup. Why are we at each other's throats about a splash of red? You always got to find something we to fight just about. Have, we, this Blues Twitter is just toxic, and I'm sure all hockey Twitter is toxic, but come on, people. Don't be that person. And finally, I just want to say this as to your point. Like, this is the best time in Blues history because we have a Stanley Cup. And we have two of the better players that have ever played for this organization, and Ryan O'Reilly and Vladimir Tarasenko. We have our second-ever Conn Smythe winner, which is still weird to me, and our first-ever Selkie Trophy winner. Uh, for those of you who don't know, was it Gwen Hall who won it the first mm -hmm. time? You're going to have um, to explain for people. Yeah, we got when we got swept by the Montreal Canadiens, you know how we got swept by the <laughs> Montreal Canadiens in our first, I don't remember if it was the first or second go-around, but yeah, I want to say it was the second. Uh, but Gwen Hall was, I guess, so good in that series and those playoffs that he was like one of only two people ever to win a Conn Smythe without winning a game in the finals. The other also was swept by the Montreal Canadiens. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, we. My point is this: this is the this is the golden age. So stop worrying about what was or wasn't good in the past. You know, mm. if if you know the organ was your thing over whatever, if song two was your thing over Gloria, if, if home white jerseys were your thing, which I see a lot, which, by the way, they can't, like, I know people want that. They can't just tell the NHL, you know how everybody is home color and white away? Well, we're just going to reverse that. Maybe they could have with these, and I think you advocated for that, and that mm. would have been fine. I'm sure for three games they could have just told the other team to wear, you know, a colored jersey. I was variant, like, I think we've like, worn white at home once or twice. I don't even yeah. know for what, but for I think some it was reason, a somewhere sort of commemorative thing. Yeah, but it's just let's not be angry about a friggin' jersey, a sweater. Excuse me, because oh my that God. Also pissed people pissed off. Them off. Uh, um, yeah, let's just let's be friggin' happy because 
We are the reigning champions entering another season in just 15 fabulous days, and it's all joy. Mm -hmm. And these things are going to be great. My Vince Dunn commemorative jersey is going to look fire. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, yeah, anything else to say about the jerseys? Um, No. No, no. Terrific. No. Then why don't we launch right into talking about a team that is widely considered to have the best jersey in hockey. Big old splash. Wrong. Uh, The Chicago Blackhawks, by starting our Central Division preview, enter a Central musical cue that doesn't exist. Now, I'm not even going to cut because there isn't one that... Name me a song about there Central. There can't be one. Uh, somebody's going to bombard me with options, and I'm just going to be disgusted. The Chicago <laughs> Blackhawks were 36, 34, and 12 last season under head coaches Joel Quinville and Jeremy Colleton. They finished with a minus 22 goal differential and were 6th in the Central Division and 10th in the Western Conference. Patrick Kane had a what otherwise might have been a heart trophy. Was he a finalist? This year he wasn't. He could have been. They were too bad. He should have been. Was he a Pearson finalist or a Lindsay finalist? Maybe. Just like leader. Anyway, um, 110 points in 81 games for a garbage, garbage team. Jonathan Taves also, what I would imagine was a career high of 81 points in 82 games. I think. That seems Um, like an awful lot for him. And Alex Dabrinkit jumped up to 76 points with 41 goals. Eric Gustafsson. What? What? Ian, what? <laughs> Did you edit this? No, this is true. You edited this. <laughs> I was as blown away as you are. Eric Gustafson, 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 I think. Ugh. I mean, probably wrong, but that's how they say it. 60 points in 79 games. What? Someone what? Someone had to assist on the Patrick Angles. Someone did. Wait a minute. What? Wait a minute. <laughs> what? Um... And Dylan Strom had 51 points in his 58 games after arriving from the Arizona Arizona <laughs> Arizona Coyotes. I didn't say Phoenix. No one least. will correct you. They don't That's care. That's true. Nobody even knows who I'm talking about. Out the door, Brandon Davidson to Calgary, Marcus Kruger to Europe and Indifference, Andreas Martinson back to the make-believe land in which he exists and was a Blackhawk, and Chris Kunitz to the graveyard. He's not actually dead. He's just finally retired. He is 39. Um, which is basically the yeah. same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Ryan Carpenter came in as a UFA signing, the much lauded UFA signing of Ryan Carpenter, as did Philip Holm and Robin Lanier, and they retained RFA's David Kampf and Brendan Perlini. Speaking of the earlier trade that we took a subtle dig at, they did receive Oli Mata from the Pittsburgh Penguins for Dominic Cahoon and a fifth round pick in 2019, which most people would say was a dramatic overpayment. <laughs> uh, they got Calvin DeHaan and forward Alexi Sorella from the Carolina Hurricanes uh, in exchange for Anton Forsberg, Forsberg and defenseman Gustav Forsling. Uh, do you think Waddell was just like, give me all your fours? <laughs> Were they like playing Go Fish? And he was like, give me your fours. And he was like, never mind. No. I, I think Carolina has another fours on their team. Lots of, yeah. Ah, 
So you're probably right. I'm really regretting. No, you're I'm right. Really you're regretting right. that go fish. No, no, no. You fish. were right. No, no, it was no, funny. It was very terrible. good. It was a huge swing and a miss. Let us know, people. Let us just just leave a review. You know, all, all about ca- go all fish. <laughs> How much you hated that? Uh, you know, review us on iTunes and and Google Play and all. Someone that. said we're really Mariah Carey's favorite podcast. Someone and our two <laughs> reviews. You could be the third review <laughs> in, in text form. You could be one out of third. We need to start reading them on the podcast. Yeah, the we'll funnier read, they are, the more we'll read them. We'll read them. your review. That's right. You could be... Anything you say. You could, <laughs> anything. <laughs> one cup superstar. I will, I will. I will read anything you say. We're desperate. Please we'll like get, us. We'll get better. <laughs> we promise. <laughs> Next episode, we'll finally get the hang of this thing. Uh, the, <laughs> the Blackhawks also traded for Andrew Shaw because... What? Uh, they had to, I guess, and a seventh round pick. You remember how this happened? Uh, and <laughs> gave back a second and seventh and a third. What? Not ever... only did they decide Andrew Shaw was worth acquiring, mm-hmm. but they also paid three picks for him? Why did it take three draft picks to acquire Andrew Shaw? Why did it take a three-way trade to land Mark Wittestu? This is like if you used a small fish to hook a bigger fish, and then mm. you threw both in the water, and then you hooked the small fish again, and you went, yay! <laughs> <laughs> we did it! <laughs> but you already had that. Oh, yes. And they also already had a good young player when they decided to trade him for a worse young player named Alex Nylander, giving Henry Yoki Haru in exchange for old Al Nylander, who at least we'll get to talk about more. Is it Nylander? I know somebody I think hates it's this. Nylander. Why do I do Nylander? I'm oh, no. so sorry, our friend, our friend whose name I do not remember. Um, <laughs> We're very personable Nylander. here. We'll get better, I promise. <laughs> and they got Zach Smith from the Ottawa Senators for Artem Anisimov. So let me let me check. They made five trades, and in four of those trades, they gave away the best player, and one of those trades was they only gave away draft picks. And by the way, that's one of the trades I'm counting, <laughs> because whatever that second round pick will be in 2020 will be a better player than Andrew Shaw. <sighs> Stan Bowman is warped, man. They did a whole lot of nothing this offseason, mm. and uh, apparently some people think they're going to get better. They did draft Kirby Doc. Mm-hmm. Um, you have another good defensive prospect yeah, somewhere in there, too. Uh, Adam Boakvist, mm-hmm. uh, who both, I think, could potentially push for the NHL this year. I mean, they've got... They've got some reasons for excitement, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I don't see a lot here. What do you? Why don't you talk about your thoughts and mm-hmm. your questions? Well, to the point about defense, like they need Boquist and they need Doc to come up sooner than later and contribute because guys like Keith and Seabrook are super old. I think mm-hmm. we've hammered this point home all the time. Keith is 36. Seabrook is 34. Seabrook, I think, was pushing 20 minutes of ice time on average in each game that he played. And he also has a 47% Corsi 4. Like, the guy's falling off a cliff pretty soon here, if not already. And they've got, like, six more years? Five oh, more baby. years. Something way more than one more year left on his contract. It's not great. 
I also question their forward depth. They've got Kane, they've got Taves, they've got Debrinkat all hitting, you know, over 70 points. Uh, do they have the depth, though? Debrinkat is so good. No, it's, it's amazing. Gross. Picked, like, at 55 or yeah. something like that? Great. Now, we passed on him, and then I think the Blackhawks technically even passed on him. I love how... The NHL refuses to learn its lesson about size, too. Mm-hmm. Now what? Like, 20 years past, like, Korea and Martin San Louis. Mm-hmm. They just, even, like, who was Cole Caulfield? Was he the guy that mm-hmm. Montreal picked with, like, 19 or something? Who will for sure be, like, a top five player from this draft. Just because he's too tiny. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I was like, sorry, in a... Go on. In a league where speed is starting to rule, and there is less and less, I mean, I still like physicality, but there's a little bit less and less of it. You think people would trend towards that way, but no, they want your six foot six every time they step on the ice sort of guys. Oh, God, do I hate that phrase. But I do wonder can Saad score more than 50 points this year? Can no. Andrew Shaw be a 50 point player still? Is Dylan Strom actually a 50 point player? Like, are. Is it an aberration? I just don't know. And they seem... I think there is actually, for the most part in this division, as we'll see, a lot of really top-heavy teams forward-wise, and not a lot behind them. Mm -hmm. There's a couple that it's different for, but there's a lot of guys, a lot of teams that have these really high-end scorers, and then behind them is just kind of more like third line depth they don't have like a a good second line and it's like a mix of like third and fourth line depth they're platooning as a second line it's just not going to work i also wonder if leonard is going to be last year's leonard who was a what is what is it now a vesna Mm -hmm. a vesna finalist that's what it's always been yeah Yeah, what is it now they changed it to the vesna (laughs) before it was good good goalie trophy (laughs) um but it's the vesna now um but before that 2017 2018 he had a record or had stats of .908 save percentage, a 3.08 goals against average. I think he's better. I think he's arrived as a very good goaltender. Mm. But I don't know for sure. Also, he was in front of a team coached by Barry Trotz last year who were stingy defensively. Oh, is Jeremy Colleton not Barry, Barry Trotz? Trotz mm, close, but no cigar. <laughs> I, I wonder. I wonder about this team. I could see them being better. I feel like this this is one of those teams old. I know we've talked about in the past mm-hmm. where they've got, like, a r- wide range of potential results. Like, I don't see them being a playoff team. Mm-hmm. But I think they could push and be very competitive and be up there. Also... I feel like they could most certainly be a garbage team. <laughs> and uh your standard and run of the mill garbage team. I need to we need to start looking at some of those uh, Dom decision projections cuz I'm sure he I'd be interested to see where he placed them, but uh I can look that up while you talk about the Colorado Avalanche a little bit. I'm not ready. I was actually looking at some of those Dom Lecision oh, well, things then go earlier. Ahead. You talk oh, about no, I don't have. Okay, no, well, back to back to me. Then. I swear we'll get better, folks. I swear <laughs> we, it. We do not. Here we'll go to enough. this. Do you think the Blackhawks, gun to your head, make the playoffs? Mm, no. Okay. I think this is this division is too competitive and too strong for you to be like a waffle waffly team and make it in. Although they just have to be better than some of the crap teams in the Pacific. 
to get into a wild card spot. But again, you got to be better than Colorado, Dallas, Nashville, us, uh, Winnipeg. It's it's a it's a tough hill to battle up. But we can. We can move on to the Colorado Avalanche while you're looking at Dom Lecision's notes for the Blackhawks. Oh, I finally found them. Oh, you got them? Do you want to speak to them? No, I haven't found the Blackhawks yet. Oh, okay. So keep going. So Colorado Avalanche last season, 38, 30, and 14. Stop! (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He projects them for 86.6 points, which is, what, a two and a half point increase? Right. Yeah. He says team team defense was Chicago's biggest weakness last season. Can a full year under Colleton, new additions on the back end, and an improvement in net be what gets the Blackhawks back into the playoffs? But I feel like the bulk of the bell curve, which is not how bell curve works, is in the negative. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> There's at least three different I guess, ways. I guess what the colors mean is like the bulk of the bell curve put them outside of the playoffs. Hmm. So go on. Sorry. This Colorado average. No, you're fine. 90 points last year, plus 14 goal differential. Finished fifth in the Central and eighth in the Western Conference. They defeated the Calgary Flames in round one in five games. Or no, not even five. Do they sweep them? No, they got them in five. Who? They really got them in five. The uh, Flames, yeah, because yeah. they got skunked in the first game, didn't mm-hmm. they? That's right. But then the Avalanche went on to lose the San Jose Sharks in round two in seven games. Uh, I don't even remember who, who the call was on the player, the Avalanche Landis player Gog. that was Landis Gog, mm-hmm. that was offsides. I don't know. Didn't seem conclusive to me. <laughs> Their top scorers last year, no surprise, Nathan McKinnon with 99 points, Miko Rontanen with 87, Gabriel Landeskog with 75, Tyson Berry, who is gone, with 59, Carl Soderberg, who is gone, with 49. I don't know. Um, out, Andrew Agazino to Pittsburgh, Derek Broussard to the New York Islanders, Patrick Nemeth to Detroit, Simeon Varlamov to the New York Islanders, and David Worsofsky to Pittsburgh. They signed, or re-signed, Colin Wilson, who was UFA. They signed Jonas Donskoy from the Sharks previously. Pierre-Edouard Belmar, who was with the Golden Knights, I believe. That Jonas Donskoy signing is sneak good. No, I think it's very good. As we'll talk about. RFAs, they re-signed JT, John for Tom for Comfort. Thank you. Uh, Vladislav Kamenev, Sheldon Dries, Anton Lindholm, AJ Greer, and Valery Nishushkin is back. Oh, he's back, baby! He's there... Dimitri asked. I read an article about him that was like, maybe with Colorado, he finally lives up to the potential. And no. I am fully on board, ladies and is gentlemen. It, is he your deep, deep, oh, deep sleeper? Oh, I'm fan? drafting him in the 55th round of every fantasy draft I can get. Y'all my been hands asleep. On. Y'all been in hibernation. <laughs> Y'all been sleeping Valeri on Valeri Nishushkin. No, I'm not doing that. No, no. Uh, Trades, they got Kevin Connaughton from the Arizona Coyotes for Carl Soderberg, Andre Berikoski. And a third round Uh, pick. Whatever. Okay, great. (laughs) Andrew Berikoski from the Washington Capitals for minor league forward Scott Kosmachuk. Hey, he was on uh, an NHL team Kosmachuk sounds like Cosmonaut, which is the perfect thing to trade. For a Russian forward. <laughs> they also traded a second and third round pick in 2020. He was on an NHL team of yours? Was he like a central player? I think he was on the Winnipeg Jets. When you, when when you I, when carried I, them to the finals. Oh, no, I, they never made it. Oh, they didn't? I was a very bad GM. <laughs> he was destroying them from the inside. Yeah, so it's, it's like, you ever do that? You ever do 
be a GM mode and just ruin a team and laugh. No? Only me? Okay. Okay. Uh, and then the big trade of the summer for uh, Colorado was Nazim Kad- Nazim? 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 Nazim Kadri. Probably not how he would Nazim. say it. Nazim. But... Okay. Nazim Kadri, defenseman, Callie Rosen, a third-round draft pick in 2020 to the Toronto Maple Leafs for defenseman Tyson Berry, forward Alexander Kerfoot, and a six-round draft pick in 2020. We'll start off with that deal. I like that deal. I think that was a very good deal for Colorado, given the fact that Tyson Berry was probably leaving anyways. Yeah, Tyson Berry has been leaving forever. Yeah. And now he's left. Mm-hmm. That was always an option. And, <laughs> that's right. And McKinnon will be sad, but he'll get over it. And uh, because of that big contract they're paying him. And Nathan Kadri, who's also on one of the team-friendliest contracts in the NHL, will be a huge impact for them. Mm. I like that. I mean, Barry is not gonna re- was not going to resign there, and they have Bowen Byram and Kale McCarr in the wings. I think it makes perfect sense. And Callie Rosen's a nice little maybe, mm-hmm. maybe not chip. He's like this year's, last year's, last year's, last year's, last oh, year's boy. Valerian issue. Oh, gee, I'm sorry, Callie Rosen. <laughs> you will not be any good. Did someone hit Joe Sackick over the head with a chair? Because now he's very good as a GM. He's a, he's a much good better God GM. Almighty. I don't know what happened. He used to be Awful. I think it is. I think it's that cartoon head bump thing where it's like, what? Uh, what? And he gets back all the memory he lost. Someone Tom Wilson them. Yeah. He's he's, he's there, there Oscar, Oscar Sunquist, but in a GM role. Yeah. <laughs> You're just like Oscar Sunquist, but the GM. Oscar Sunquist will be the next GM of the Columbus Blue Jackets. He'll take over for Yarmo Kikalainen in 2038. Folks, <laughs> write it down. <laughs> will that be? Will that have happened after? Oh, that seems a little too soon. After the now. Blue Jackets next make the playoffs. Uh, no, <laughs> I would say after the after the Lizard people take over <laughs> the NHL. But that's in twenty. Oh, that's, that's in like the two hundred. Yeah, that's twenty thousand. Twenty thousand. Yeah. yeah. So, oh, we got much. We got mole people in no, between there. Oh, baby. Yeah. We got dinosaurs coming back. Right. Well, yeah, and don't forget about the cyborg era. The cy- of course. Can't that. I mean, I've been watching those documentaries, Terminator well, Two, baby. <laughs> Based on a true, true story, story from the future. the future. Skynet, folks, look it up. Don't trust what the government does. <laughs> That's what I'd say. Uh, but you can trust Jonas Donskoy. <laughs> Burkowski is a solid depth addition. I agree. I think they're great additions, but I also wonder if Tyson Jost, yo, it's a J. That's his a hard J. His grandpa cried what? when he scored his first oh, NHL goal. I was like, what? Excuse and he me? he rewarded his grandpa by sucking dong. <laughs> He's only 21. Yes. He had 26 points last year in 70 games. It's a career high for him and I think only his second mm-hmm. season. He can get better. Will he get better? Who's to say? I know Avs correspondent Jordan sincerely believes they both won't. <laughs> so, <laughs> not even John for Comper, who's 24 years old. Or Jimothy Timothy Comper. 32 points last year in 66 games, another career high. But you need more from that. both of them. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, Barry was an offensive driver on the back end. Will anyone be able to make up for his offense? Will Kale McCarr be able to in his Kale first McCarr. season, though? Kale. Bacar. I think, Bacar. I think Colorado is I going to like, be good 
but they're gonna see they're not gonna see as much of, of a bump as we think they I will. am like unreasonably hyped for really? my car, but not for the Colorado Avalanche this year necessarily. I think and I think this we, year will be good for him, but I don't think it's gonna be enough oh, for them. I think we agree with Don Wilson, who projects them for just under ninety four points, saying there's a lot of hype surrounding Colorado's contender status, but while their future is very bright, there are still a lot of questions left to be answered. Yeah. I think their forward core needs filling out, not to mention the fact that their second best player is currently in, in, in Switzerland. Give so, me a date. When is he coming back, Stephen? Is I want to say, say he's before the season. Patrick Line is not, no. as we will discuss shortly. Yep. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think he they have all the cat space. they just got to find the right number. And it it is a tricky situation for them because they've got McDavid, or McDavid, McKinnon, on a, such a phenomenally team-friendly deal, and they're in that awkward spot of, like, we have to pay you more than McKinnon mm-hmm. because we can't, like, you put up, like, 80-plus points two straight years, so we have to, but, like, we also don't want to give you, like, a $10, $11 million contract and then have McKinnon still making 5 6 or whatever mm-hmm. the hell he makes. So I see why it's tricky, but I don't think there's going to be any problem ultimately getting it done. Do you think he makes more than Mitch Marner? No. No. No, I don't. But Steve Dangle Company said he deserves to make more than Probably. Mitch Marner. Maybe not. Mitch Marner is the better player. A small, a real small slide. I'm going to give myself 15 seconds. Go for it. It annoys the shit out of me that that <laughs> podcast was going crazy over Mitch Marner not signing. He signs, and now they do this like almost weird assassination attempt on like other players. They're like, oh no, he's that guy's way better than Mitch Marner. He deserves more money than Mitch. And I'm like... Fuck off. Get out of here with that. Now you're going to advocate. Oh, now I, that he's signed, we'll, we'll advocate for all these other RFAs to make more than him. I That's so annoying. hate Toronto. I was afraid of Maple talking Leafs about this. Fans. I won't go too deep into it, but I despise all of them <laughs> because we went through literally... Literally one and one half years of solid bullshit about whatever contract negotiation is in Toronto being the biggest story in the entire National Hockey League. Mm. And now that it's done and all of the contracts are bad, it's just, okay, we're the Maple Leafs, say la vie, everything's hunky-dory in GTA, folks. And I hate it. I hate them all. I hate every <laughs> single one of them, and this is not the time nor the place for me to go any further into it, but just know that my hatred is very real, it is very palpable, and it will result in serious consequence. <laughs> <laughs> I think Miko Rotman makes ten and a half. And I think I just ended up on an NSA watch list, which is better than a GTA watch list. Uh, yeah. Do you think we have more to say about the Avalanche? I don't. Uh, I think they make the playoffs. Ooh, spicy. You think they're the the fifth or fourth or third or second or first team from the Central to make the playoffs? Those are the options. There's not going to be four from the Pacific. I think that they finish fourth in the Central. I think they have a wild card spot. Top wild card spot. 
Yeah. Oh, I like it. Um, the Dallas Stars finished with 93 points last year and were arguably the Blues' toughest test in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. We played more time on ice against them <laughs> than any other team, I think. Um, they had a plus eight goal differential and finished fourth in the Central and fifth in the Western Conference, whereupon they defeated the Nashville Predators in round one uh, in six games. It seems like just yesterday that the Predators were sweeping the Chicago Blackhawks Mm -hmm. and now they're the team getting embarrassingly eliminated in the first (laughs) round. How the Uh, wheel turns. Uh, And then, as we alluded to, lost to the St. Louis Blues in round two in seven games, which, by the way, I don't know, I'm sure people have seen it, but Mm -hmm. probably my favorite sports photo of all time that I, like, want to get framed Mm -hmm. on my wall is that one with, uh, like, Maroon consoling Bishop Mm -hmm. with the skater flying you know skating behind yeah. flying the st louis flag so perfect oh and that scenting ice corporation mm-hmm. arena oh yeah that big picture of all the different i meant blue- to post or, that remind me to tweet yeah, that out all the different st louis players that are currently like in the nhl mm-hmm. big name guys it's just really cool to see all of them up yeah there. and that's one of the photos right? yeah yeah, Isn't it it? Is. yeah good call good memory remind me to tweet that oh. the people will demand it um I feel like we've been. I feel like we're advertising this like we've been in on a secret that the entire public was mm-hmm. invited to. <laughs> Did you, have you guys been there? Uh, I don't know if you've heard, but it's a uh, small event. A pretty nice and very not finished, and parking is super far away. I had to walk. <laughs> So there you get your shit together, boys. Um, speaking of get your shit together, here are some fucking <laughs> horse shit players for you. Tyler Sagan <laughs> had 80 points in 82 games. Uh, Alexander Radulov, who was not among the FHS committee, had 72 games points in 70 games. And Jamie Benn did have a very disappointing yeah, season with 53 points in 78 games. Is he starting to lose it? He's a big boy. He's a big physical player, so he might not have the same shelf life as everybody else. Uh, John Quinn also had a really disappointing season with 45 points in 64 games. And speaking of players, I am just unreasonably hyped on Miro Haskinen had 33 points in 82 games and is my sweet little Finnish boy. I do have his autograph and his rookie card, both by chance. So <laughs> go, folks. Go Miro Haskinen Hall of Fame. Um <laughs> Really lining your own pockets, oh, eh, with the Absolutely, hype I'm train. going for it. And speaking of lining my own pockets, <laughs> really lining my own pockets had nothing to do with Jason Spezza, but he did leave for the GTA, the aforementioned GTA, where he will not be allowed to laugh because there is no joy. <laughs> sorry, sorry, I'm back, oh, I'm back, going. I'm back, I'm back, I'm back. Uh, speaking of the lizard people, all hail Matt Zuccarello, who <laughs> left for Minnesota, as did Ryan Hartman by way of somewhere else, Philadelphia? Yeah, I think they traded for him, I believe, and then they let yeah, him Yeah, because they traded Pitlick to Philly and then let him walk. I guess they just hated what Pitlick. What a decision. <laughs> While Ryan Hartman was like off the grid, I think. Remember that? Because yeah. that was like that whole big thing. Uh, they did bring in Joe Pavelski, Corey Perry, I almost said Carey Price, and Andre Sakara. They brought in Andre Sakara? What a Who's the guy that went from Tampa to Florida then? Tampa to Florida? Yeah. That's, uh, that's Strawman. Strawman. Yeah. And that's not the same person. No, it's not. Which one's Andre Sequeira? Is he the old bald guy? Uh, he was on the Oilers for a while. He was their old good defenseman that was hurt all the time. Uh... 
Okay. But Did I mean, he recently come back from injury. Oh. I think. But like Pavelski, Perry, and Sakara, that's like a great get. Six years, years ago. ago, yeah, like yeah. wow, that's a great get for twenty twelve. Yeah, uh-huh. um, yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, I'll tell you this about uh, Joe Pavelski, and I won't be shy about it. Absolutely, beyond a shadow of the doubt, nobody else is going to tell you this, Ian. The best puck deflection man in the entire NHL, maybe in the history of hand-eye coordination, but also. Underrated. Under, so underrated. It's just, I come on this national broadcast every time because technically anyone in the nation can listen we to are, you guys. We are national podcast, media. So technically speaking, <laughs> we are international media because we've spent almost half of this podcast history talking about the Toronto Maple Leafs. Do you think lizard people like. can download us? Absolutely. Or galactic, galactic media. Beaming it into space. All hail uh, the Lizard King. And... All I can say is Joe Pavelski doesn't get his due, and I will demand that everyone gives it to him. So underrated. Uh, Jason Dickinson uh, just beats the Dickens out of me by signing an RFA contract. Uh, Dylan Hetherington, Gavin Bayruder. Speaking of stars whose Young Guns card I have, I am not as excited about that one. And Landon Bow, I you made three of those names up. Uh, they got Ryan Hartman from Philadelphia. We already discussed it, and then let them walk and made no other trade. That was it. Um, what are your thoughts and questions about the stars? Uh, Excuse me, the Dallas Stars. Oh, of course. Yeah, had to be. Exactly. Joe Pavelski has not had under a 60-point season in the last four, maybe even five seasons, but he trended real close to it last year. I wonder at age, I think 36, maybe 37, does he still have a 60-point season in him? I think he's going to be playing with Rupe Hintz and Jason Dickinson. Is that a good fit for Joe Pavelski? Uh, Dickinson and Hintz looked really good in the playoffs last year with Zuccarello, but now Zuccarello's gone. Pavelski's in. I'm curious what that second line will look like. During the regular season, Dickinson and Hintz were really unspectacular, just subpar. So I wonder if the playoffs was the coming out party, especially for Rupe Hintz, or if he's just going to sink back into being a weird second, third line tweener. So weird. Mm. Very specific emphasis on the weirdness. Weird. Just very weird. Um, yeah, I think he, I, I don't know. I like Dickens, I, I like Pavelski, excuse mm. me, but I just don't, the fit doesn't, doesn't like he doesn't right. get to play with presumably their top line, like you were saying. Yeah. So it just doesn't, yeah. Can, is, can he ma- elevate those guys or do they drag him down? Are you really going to give a roster spot to Corey Perry? I guess we'll find out. Like, that's how bad your depth is, that you're just going to say, I bet he can do it again, but he hasn't hit a 20... He hasn't surpassed 20 goals. He hasn't surpassed 17 goals in the Mm -hmm. last three seasons. Granted, some of the... A good chunk of that time, really, he's injured, but, like, is he injury-prone now? He's... I... It's, it's weird. It's, weird. it's very, when he, very When he odd. signed that contract, I thought, oh, man, I would have, like, if we'd had any cap space to play with, I would have given Corey Perry a $1.5 million flyer. And now that we're here at the season, no, thank you. What a strange Frankenstein fit that is. To me, it speaks to their forward depth and maybe their drafting. Do they not have, like, forwards they can place in there that are better than him? I don't, I feel like he's a below replacement level 
yeah. player easily. Yeah, for sure. But I think they're going to start him. Oh, no, him. you're definitely right. They are going to do that as well. They still have Andrew Cogliano, I think, and he's mm-hmm. fine. I don't even know who else plays for this team. I've named everyone on their forward core. Um, defense, they don't have Valeri Nishushkin. No, anymore. he's gone. <laughs> he's very gone, and which can and only be a benefit. No, um, <laughs> I was like, um, but on defense, I think they look fine. You've got, I say Lindell, yeah, Essa Lindell. You've got Haskinen, 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 and then you've got he's Klingberg. your Nylander, Nylander, Haskinen, Lindell, Klingberg, great top three. Did you know that Martin Hansel still? plays for this team. Oh, I'm, I mean, he quote-unquote plays. Or is he, like, off the ice? I think I don't think he played at all last yeah, year. Yeah, he didn't. But is it, like, concussion, like he's just in the nebulous zone? Mm, I, think, it... I think so. Oh, okay. But, Steven, this team's top 4D. Blake is still there. Matthias mm. Janmark is still there. Radek Fox Radek is still Fox. there. But, see, those guys... I, they're fine. Yeah, I mean, Jason not, Dickinson, I think, is not like a young, out. rising star for them, but that's about it. You're right. You're not wrong, you're right. It's well, What I'm trying to tell you, Stephen, is they are playing Roman Polak in their top four next year, I believe. So here's the Dallas Stars season. If Ben Bishop stays healthy and is as good as he was last year, which is arguably should have won the Vesna Trophy good, then they're probably fine. Mm-hmm. And if not, I don't know. Uh, they are the most recent of Dom Incision's fantasy projections, <laughs> and he gave them 96 points just under and says the team's core group is among the strongest in the league. I don't I guess agree. if you're talking about like their top seven players, mm. then maybe. Uh, and should carry the Stars to a playoff spot, but as always in Dallas, depth issues remain throughout the lineup. Aha, we were right. Thank you, <laughs> Dom. That's all I'm hearing. Yeah. I think they'll be a playoff team. I think that they are going to actually be worse than the Avalanche, though, and I think they're going to get round out the bottom wildcard spot in the mm-hmm. Western Conference. Yeah, Very nice. Uh, I feel like we can talk about the Minnesota Wild in 15 seconds. No, mm-hmm. I'm kidding. Uh, but this will be quick, I feel like. They had 83 points last year, which I would say was an underperformance for this team. Um, as we'll talk about. Mm. They're just the literal dictionary definition of mediocre, which is should be better than 83 points. So uh, they had a minus 26 goal differential and finished 7th in the Central and 11th in the Western Conference. Their top scorer last year was Zach Parise, which is good in that he's your highest paid player and very bad in the fact that he sucks. He did have 61 points, though, which was a real resurgence for him. Eric Stahl had 22 goals and 30 assists. And Mikhail Granlund, after he's not the one, I, I always get him confused uh he's still there right oh he's gone oh he's gone yeah, but he's he the one. so he's the one they traded yeah. oh my god mm-hmm. they traded him for kevin fiala nice it's all coming back to me <laughs> uh 49 points before the trade ryan sutter and jared spurgeon were there next to they got rid of anthony Batetto, eric fair andrew hammond uh nate prosser to philadelphia for like two weeks until he, <laughs> he always he, comes except back. Is the common denominator Minnesota or Chuck Fletcher? Because oh, yeah. <laughs> you're right. Chuck Fletcher is building many Minnesota out there. He's he just signed Cal O'Reilly. Mm. And he's got 
Nate Prosser and a bunch of other people. Chris Stewart's mm-hmm. out there, I think. You ever seen or Chris Stewart with a while? I don't know. Anyway, you ever seen the original Airbud? Mm-hmm. Where like the weird creepy clown guy that owns Airbud in mm-hmm. a way is like, come over here, I got meat, and then <laughs> you know Airbud kid is like, come over here, I've got love, and Airbud's like, man, I love pets, but I do love meat. And he just kind of looks back and forth. That's mm-hmm. Nate Prosser. Yep. <laughs> but who's got the meat and who's got the love? It's up for you to decide. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, this is our first of two podcasts we've got to record tonight. Excellent. For those that don't know, because we haven't said it, we recorded this on third Tuesday. So when we posted on Thursday, after the Blues trade Shannon Petrangelo to the Anaheim Ducks, don't blame us. Um, we'll talk about it. In 10 days, when it's old news, because they'll already have done the Bennington trade Oh, then. Jesus. We're blowing it up. <laughs> Doug don't care no more. Uh, Matt Zuccarello left, signed with this team. Mm-hmm. We've already moved on to the wild. He is a lizard king, or he's a lizard person, but the lizard king was fired. <laughs> uh, the lizard crown prince is no more. Off with his head. Ryan Hartman ended up there. Luke Johnson, which is just a collection of syllables, mm-hmm. uh, also ended up there, as did Gabrielle Dumont, which is just a collection of French syllables. <laughs> uh, they re-signed Joel Erickson at Kevin Viala, Carson Soucy, no. And <laughs> Hunter I <Warner>. will not. <laughs> and they traded nothing because who wants any of these people? But at least they didn't trade Jason Zucker. Yeah, actually, I forgot he was still there. <laughs> was Jason Zucker hurt last year? Uh, he was. Yeah, I think he was hurt some and just not at uh, his peak. Okay, I was like, why is he not Because he had like back to back 30 point seasons and then was gone a lot. Okay. I have no thoughts on the Minnesota Wild. They are as milk toast a team as I can imagine. But let's talk about the Jared Spurgeon contract for a minute. Uh, I will not play that one back. But uh, <laughs> seven years, $7.575 million per season for Jared Spurgeon, which I daggered on Twitter. Now, on the one hand, I was very wrong. Jared Spurgeon, metrically speaking, is a very good player, even though he only put up 43 points. But if science tells you he's good, he's got to be good. <laughs> um, they did it in a lab. <laughs> no, I mean, Jared Spurgeon's a really, really good defenseman. Uh, on the other hand, do you want Jared Spurgeon to be your highest paid player? And do you want to be giving him that contract from age 30 to 37? That seems very, hmm, Ryan Sutery to me, <laughs> perhaps. Any thoughts on the Jared Spurgeon deal? I guess it's good that it's under eight, you know? I, I guess. <laughs> you know, you can color inside the lines sometimes. Um, or at least inside the page. <laughs> <laughs> I got inside the page. But it's so long. It's so long, and do you, do you think the rebuild... I don't think he... Um, by the time that contract's over, the rebuild will still be happening because I don't think they will have started soon enough for it and them to be out of it by the time yeah. his contract is up. I mean, it's, it's effectively eight years because, it, you know, it's an extension. It doesn't start this year. He wasn't a, a UFA, obviously. Mm-hmm. But um, 
Yeah, I think you're right. Domination calls them too good to tank and better than some think, but too bad to contend. The Wild are stuck in the middle with their elite defense being undermined by a lack of finishing talent and goaltending. Uh, yeah. Yeah, they don't make the playoffs. Easy peasy. I think that's correct. Um, who's next? I went away from my notes. The Nashville Predators are mm-hmm. next. The Nashville Predators had 100 points last season. They were plus 26 goal differential. They finished first in the Central and third in the Western Conference. And they lost to the Dallas Stars in round one in game six. Uh, what do you think about the Nashville Predators? Talk us through this. Um, I mean, they've got some players here. Ryan Johansson led the team with 64 points last year. Roman Yossi, 56. You get Philip Forsberg. It's Victor gross Arvidsson. how Philip Forsberg is yeah. still that young. Oh, no, yeah. Only 24. Had but close also, to 30 goals last year. Has he already peaked? <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like I thought he was a budding superstar, mm-hmm. and now he's just like a Jaden Schwartz. I thought he was going to be a Vladimir Tarasenko, yeah. and he's kind of like a Vladimir Tarasenko light. Yeah. Very light on the Vladimir Tarasenko. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Victor Arvidsson had Can 34 I get goals. Can salami, uh, hold the Tarasenko, <laughs> and anyway, go on. It's, yeah, it's a very interesting team. I think they have plenty of depth, but that this is the weird one where I don't know if the star if they have enough star power. Mm-hmm. They have Matt Duchesne now. They signed as UFA. Uh, they re-signed RFA's Rocco Grimaldi, Colton Sissons. I will not say that name. They traded away P.K. Subban in a cap dump because they needed the space to get Matt Duchesne. Did they, did they have to move him to get Matt Duchesne? Yes. They had to move him for money. Mm-hmm. We need more money, <laughs> says Boyle, David Boyle. I think getting rid of P.K. Subban... Isn't a mistake, but I think he's going to leave a bigger hole back there than they think. Mm-hmm. I see a lot of Nashville Predators fans going, ah, he wasn't even that great defensively. We've got, do they have Dante Fabro at this point? I see, a lot yeah, of people seem to think up. he should, he be, should up. be up. Yep. He's going to, he's just going to fill that gap immediately. I'm like, I, I, no, I just don't think so. Yeah. Matt Duchesne, a great addition. Also, I feel like more of the same. Like yes. he's better than Ryan Johansson. Yeah. Is but he, is he enough better? Is he delivering anything this team didn't already have and just really good oh, center depth? Oh, but he's depth? so fast. Great. That's one of my questions about this team. Can we move to questions? Mm-hmm. Do they have the most overrated center core in the league? So it's... Matt Duchesne, yeah. Ryan Johansson, and... Kyle Turris yeah. would be the envy of a lot of teams, but should it be? Here's the I thing. I don't really care for If it. those guys had people to distribute to, mm-hmm. great. But they really, I mean, like Philip Forsberg, Victor Arvidsson. Those are your two. Those are your two, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then all the defenders. Mm-hmm. I just don't, I don't know. And, I mean, they're still going to be good, but yeah. how, what What version of Pecorine are we going to get? Um, how much will uh, UC Soros pick up the slack for Pecorine? Was replacing Subban with Duchesne worth it, like you said? Is that an upgrade? Probably. Certainly over the long term, it's probably an upgrade. Will it register as an upgrade this season? Matt Duchesne, is he going to be the guy who's motivated by a big contract or gets lazy after a big contract? I know which one history indicates, but I won't speculate. Um, 
why a seven-year contract for Colton Sissons? There are just a lot of questions mm. about this team. The same reason they gave Arvidsson a weird seven-year deal after, like, one really good season. A low yeah, amount of money. Yeah, but did he put up, like, 60 points Oh, in no, that one yeah, year? but it just seemed too long. It's yeah, all these much probably. too long. <laughs> Colton Sissons is, like, a nobody. Like, imagine we'd given oh, I'm sure he's a Ivan Barbashev a seven-year contract. I'm we'd sure he's a metric like, darling, what? though. I'm sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're going to finish, and they're going to be a playoff team pretty easily, I would think. I think they finished second in the Central. Probably. Behind whom, though? I don't know. we got to move on to the Jets first. Oh, is it the Jets, or is it the Blues, or is it somebody else? <laughs> or is it that magical eighth team <laughs> in the Central? Is it the Coyotes two years from now? The Winnipeg Jets had 99 points last year and a goal differential of plus 28. They finished second in the Central, fourth in the Western Conference, before losing to the St. Louis Blues in six games. Thank you, Jaden Schwartz. Mm-hmm. Um, not something we got to say a lot last season. Blake Pick it we- up, Jaden. <laughs> Blake Wheeler had 91 points in 82 games. Mark Scheifele had 84 points in 82 games. Kyle Connor had 66 points in 82 yes. games. Yes! Patrick Wine had five goals in one game against the Blues and f- 45 points the rest of the season. <laughs> he had 41 points in 82 games and five goals in one game. You're welcome. I don't even, maybe he had an assist in that game. Maybe he had less than 45 points the rest of the season. And Jacob Truba, who is gone, had 42 assists and 8 goals in 82 games last season. A lot of health. That's the one thing that jumps off the page of me from their team. A lot of health in that top five. Mm-hmm. Um, Tyler Myers is gone. Net positive. <laughs> ben Sherratt is gone. Net neutral. Which... We're very passionate about here at the Two Guys One Cup podcast, net neutrality. It is an issue which I don't understand and feel like I don't care about. But somebody listening is very angry. But take a position on that. You need to take a position. Uh, Par Lindholm did not shoot for par by moving to. Yeah. Uh, Boston. Brandon Tanev. (laughs) 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 Went to Pittsburgh. And uh, I don't know Marco Dano, but I don't care either. And he went to the Columbus Blue Jackets. Much the same path that uh, Mark Letestu once traveled, I believe, (laughs) from Winnipeg to Columbus. I wonder if that took a three-team trade. Uh, Mark Letestu. Did you not know that? You did not know he was the next one? (laughs) I thought you did. Mark Letestu came back. Did he? Because he's been there before, right? I think so. To the Winnipeg Jets. I could be totally making this up. Uh, from the free agency, <laughs> Anthony. <laughs> oh, God. Folks, if you haven't heard the... If you haven't heard the outtake, just go back to the very end of our first bonus episode, I think, ever. Our first trade deadline. And you'll understand. It's great. Uh, No, it was a three-team trade from 
Pittsburgh to Columbus, and then he went to Edmonton, then back to Columbus, and now to Winnipeg. Oh, so he's never been. Okay. <laughs> the story journey of Mark Wotestu. Anthony Batetto joins him, along with Cameron Not-Kurt-Schilling and Nathan Not-Important-Bolieu. Uh, Eric Comrie, Andrew Kopp, and Nelson... Not saying that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. Give us your best... Tell us what his last name is. I see that you're trapping. I see this. Nelson Noje. Nelson uh, Noje. Uh, you jumped Nelson over the line. N-O-G-I. Oh, no, he's spelling it. Oh, that was worse than you spelled it. <laughs> Uh, and uh, their big trade was Jacob Druva to the win up to the New York Rangers for Neil Pionk and a 2019 first round pick. The Winnipeg Jets have not re signed Patrick Wine, mm. they have not re signed Kyle. Connor, no! <laughs> Mark, uh, Mark, Kevin Shoveldayoff was like, Kyle, we need you back. And he said, as if. Choked <laughs> uh, <laughs> me with a spoon. <laughs> and Dustin Bufflin, breaking news from like two days ago, has been granted, which will be four days ago when you listen to this, <laughs> so it won't be breaking at all, has been granted an indefinite leave of absence. Uh, which n- literally no one knows what it is. Mm-hmm. It's not personal or family health related. Mm. Uh, they have confirmed that, but no one knows. So a it's lot not of people personal or a family yes. health related. Well, thing? no, it's not personal health related or oh. family health related. Um, it's a divorce. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so sorry, Dustin. Uh, a lot of people think maybe he's contemplating retirement, which oh. would be shocking because I think he was the best player in that series against us. At least the best Jets He's player. the one I heard about the most on their team. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's that's shocking. That's three of their best players mm. still missing at the start of training camp. And I don't even think Tyler Myers leaving is... As small uh, an no, issue as they might not, think. We're about to talk about how not insignificant an issue that is. Mm-hmm. Tyler Myers seems like a crappy average overpaid defenseman until you don't have Tyler Myers. <laughs> um, this team misses the playoffs, obviously, I think, if they can't get Connor and Line a back pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I think this team is the one in our division that's taking a huge step back this year. Uh... If they do re-sign Line A, what Line A will they get? Free wheeling 40-goal Patrick Line A or a relevant, terrible 30-goal, really 25-goal Patrick Line A? That's a big question. I don't question. know. I was, yeah. say, I was about <laughs> I to try and make a guess, for you. but I don't um, know. Who the hell is Sammy Neek? <laughs> Who? Because apparently he's going to be very important to their defense. He's graduated as a decent prospect last year. Probably a a tier three, Mm -hmm. maybe, on the prospect pyramid. Maybe a four. Three, four. You guys can go back to last week. real Nico Mikola. Yeah, a real Nico Mikola type. Uh, But he's going to be like a definite part of their top six. Holy shit. Uh, I, yeah. Their top top six. I'm reading it now. It's not good. It's not pretty. Uh, I will say 
say I, I looked at an article and then chatted with uh, Ryan Gothels. Go, Gothels. I I should have asked. I'm sorry, Ryan, Ryan Gothels. I think uh, at the hockey writer. Um, at the Hockey Writers, he is a Jets writer who we hopefully will have on sometime. Uh, check out his work at G-O-E-T-91 on Twitter, GOAT91, because he is the GOAT, uh, but spelled the German way. <laughs> um, greatest of does. ever time. Anyway, uh, I talked to him because he had an article projecting their lineup, uh, and he did project that their defensive core would be anchored by... And if the day came when Josh Morrissey is the heart and soul, as we've already discussed, of the entire team and mm-hmm. and certainly this defensive core. I don't know much about Josh Morrissey. I do know that I definitely don't want him to be my team's best defenseman. Uh, Neil Pionk is uh, also going to be presumably on the top line. And uh, then you'd have Niku and Bufflin, according to Ryan, uh, as the second pairing. But Bufflin is gone. And then uh, Dmitry Kulikov and Nathan Beaulieu would be the third pairing, but now might be the second pairing, which is a whole lot of yikes. Uh, And as he put it, uh, I asked him if he thought that the um, defense would be a weakness or like a Mm -hmm. hidden strength because a lot of these guys are unknowns. And he said, weakness for sure. Uh, I had hope with Buff and Morrissey holding it down, but with Buff gone, who knows how long. uh, They will be very in... Uh, they will be very tough this season. Morrissey can only do so much, and it's looking like the second pairing could very well be Bolyu and Kulikov, which is yikes territory. Uh, Niku's still relatively unproven at the NHL level. I think we will have some defensive struggles and could get bumped in favor of Pullman. Uh, will be interesting for sure. Honestly, I don't think they will be as bad as most people are expecting, but compared to the last two, three years, it will definitely be the weak point of the team. So thanks for his... Yeah. input because I seriously don't know much about this defensive core, but they can score with anybody. Connor Hellebuck at his best is one of the top goalies in the league, mm-hmm. but this defense is real bad all of a sudden, and if Bufflin one, one assumes they didn't trade Truba thinking Bufflin wasn't going to be there, mm-hmm. so if Bufflin is suddenly gone, that's a little bit of a yikes for me. <laughs> and we already did a pretty good number dismantling their defensive core when it was better. I can yeah. I can only imagine when it's like now. Mm-hmm. I think this team is going to finish third in the Central at best. Mm-hmm. Putting the St. Louis Blues at number one. Um, Spoiler for next week. Because I do look at Don't some of these teams the and they're competitive. They're mm-hmm. strong teams. But I think a lot of them just lack that they lack that finishing punch. And I would even say even the Blues, aside from having the just pedigree of winning aside the cup. Aside from winning the stand. Yeah, like I would say even we kind of lack a little bit of a punch, you know. we yeah. have, But I think we have better depth than most of these teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, I think, think a lot fair. of these teams are the same, and that is what's going to make them a very dangerous, a very cutthroat, a back-and-forth division to be in because I think... There's not a side, a Minnesota side, and even there actually could be better than we think. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's not no that much difference. Like, there's no one who's a punching bag in this mm-hmm. division, but I don't think there's an. 
I don't think and it was again, a clear cut number one yeah, either. Again, we just won the cup. I get mm-hmm. that. I'm not. We'll talk about the boys at length next year. But I don't think there is what I would call an elite team in this division. There's not a. No, there's no team in this division as good as any of the top three in the Atlantic mm-hmm. on paper. And that just makes for a lot of grouping in the middle. Mm-hmm. And I think any, and I, I do mean the Blues in this, I think any team in this division could miss the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I don't think the Blues will be that team. But if, you know, if Chicago surprises some people and and the Avalanche do make the jump up a tier this year, somebody's got to go. You know, mm-hmm. that'll leave the Jets and the um, us and the Predators. <laughs> and I don't think the Predators are probably going to drop out. So anyway, yeah, it's just it's a very it's a very compact division. Um, and I don't know how to separate it very well. Mm-hmm. Only by playing the games, Stephen. That's why they play the games. That is why they play the games. Speaking of playing the and games, uh, do you have anything else to say that had nothing to do with I was playing like, the games? Stephen, you know I don't I play no games. I will play an outro music, but that's about it. Um, yeah, I don't know. We're about to record our third episode of the Soccer Talk Lads podcast, the STL podcast with our friend Justin. Uh, so if you haven't checked that out yet and you have even, even a passing interest in soccer or just think we're goofballs and enjoy listening to us, which I don't understand, but, uh, our statistics suggest is true, uh, come Math come is wrong. <laughs> don't, don't trust math, No, folks. don't do it. Don't do it. it doesn't Numbers are made up. Have Numbers. you ever seen a four in the wild? <laughs> Uh, and on that unless you have anything else to add uh, where are you going this weekend I am going to the great state of Minnesota the state of hockey terrific for a bachelor party I put together so it's going to be okay he's the best man folks not in my wedding Mm. hey in your review for the podcast, <laughs> write a speech I can use at this guy's <laughs> wedding. Because I haven't written one yet. Uh, and it's going to sound generic, I think. What's his name? Joe. His name's Joe. Joe. Yeah, that's not going to help it not sound generic. Yeah. Do we, does anyone even believe that's his real name? Does anyone believe any of the story? No, I don't no. think so. Um, yeah, so you'll be in Minnesota. That's why we're recording a bit early. And again, uh, when Craig Berube is fired after uh, a drug trafficking ring is exposed on Wednesday afternoon, please don't. Don't be mad at us, mm-hmm. you know, because... It happens. It's the NHL. You know, Yuri Laterra left some drugs behind and Craig got hooked. Oh, yeah. There's still cocaine <laughs> They're all somewhere so there. In the boards, in his skates, everywhere. Uh, without further ado, I guess that can wrap it up for us. We'll be back next week to do the St. Louis Blues season preview and then the following week to do a hockey. Yes, to cover the opening night. Wow. What an off-season. Very different when you win the Cup. I feel like I've just been hibernating I mean, I, I know it's still been up. three months, but doesn't feel like it. So we'll be back next week, and in, until then, uh, bye. Bye. <laughs> Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right here.
time.